Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, tonight, I'm going to remind you of something I know you probably already know, but you need to hear again. So basically, I, I wanted to preach this to myself and let y'all just listen in. Is that okay? Y'all can just, y'all can just over, over here. Turn with me to Nehemiah. If you don't know where Nehemiah is, go to Psalms and, and then hang back three doors. Nehemiah 8, while I get my glasses. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. In Nehemiah, you know, Nehemiah had gathered the people up and they were, were rebuilding the wall. But in verse number 9, chapter 8, verse 9. It reads in about midway through that ninth verse, it says, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our God. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We're going to talk about joy tonight, the importance of joy, the fact that joy is a choice. It's a choice. Go with me now to Psalm 118. Hallelujah. 118. Hallelujah. Verse 24 says, This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We will be glad in it. Why are we going to be glad? Because this is the day the Lord has made. Today is the day. Today is the day he has made, and he has made it so that we can rejoice in it. It is a choice. Now, in verse 14 of that, it says, The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. Listen, some people have got a song in their hearts, but it's an oh, woe is me song. It's a, it's a, it's a drinking song, but not the right kind of drinking. It's just a, oh, doom, despair, agony on high. Anybody remember that from Hee Haw days? The song they want to sing is pitiful. But I'm telling you what, the song of the Lord that comes out of the righteous is a song that's full of joy. It's full of gladness. It's full of rejoicing. It's full of faith. And it is a choice. I will. I will. Not somebody else will, but I will. It's up to me to decide to rejoice at any given time. Go with me now to Mark 4.19. Mark 4.19. It says, The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches 
Well, let's just start back, go back to verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. I have got written down, you know, I've parenthesized the cares of this world, and I've got written down in here mental pressure, worry, and anxiety. When you allow mental pressure, worry, and anxiety to enter into your world, it will choke the word, and the word will become unfruitful. Unfruitful. The word is full of life. But I'm telling you what, when we don't give attention to it and we don't rejoice in what the Word says, then we find ourselves in a place where the Word is choked out. It can't do anything. It won't work. It has been completely nullified in our lives. Though we know it, though we see it, though we understand it mentally, when we allow the cares to come in and and get a hold of us, it chokes it all out. And it becomes unfruitful. It cannot produce. Joy is a life force. Do you know that? It's a life force. It will bring life into any situation that you're in. Because what if you look at, um, let's see. Let me find that verse because I'm a little hard, a little Skipping around here a little bit. Oh, 2 Corinthians 7.10, it talks about the fact that the sorrow of this world works death. The sorrow, the cares of this world, the, the, the problems of this world, the pressures of this world, it does nothing but work death in the life of the believer. And yet joy will bring life to that same situation, given the opportunity. Sorrow. Working death weakens the believer to a place where death takes more and more of a hold in your life, in your situation, in your circumstances. Listen, joy is not some psychological state of mind. It's not the power of positive thinking that's going to put you over. But it's rejoicing in something that is real. It becomes a spiritual reality because it is a spiritual force. It's not just something we just kind of, okay, I'm, I'm going to be happy today. <laughs> just because you put a smile on your face does not make you happy. Just because you say the right thing doesn't make you happy. Because I can say, and I have done it, I have said all the right things. And on the inside, I'm just like, you know, it's Deadsville, people. Just Deadsville. I, you know, it's just, mm, no, it is not working. Because there's no reality attached to it. I'm not rejoicing in the truth of what God's word says. And so it's not real to me at that point. But I tell you what, when it becomes real, it becomes a living, life-giving force that brings me back to a place where God intends for me to be. Being down the dumps is a bad witness. Oh, it's a blue Monday. What kind of a witness is that? To people around you. I'm just having a bad day. Really? It's tempting to say these things. And we say some things before we even think about it. Because we've heard it all of our lives. You know, we've heard people say it. We've said it ourselves. And, and, you know, there are times when you think, I have really, I've really come a long way in renewing my mind to what the word says. And then we catch ourselves going, man, I'm, I'm having a tough day. And you go, oh. 
If you listen to what your man on the inside says about that time, he's going, uh-uh, don't say that. No, 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 no. You're not having a bad day. Listen, if I'm having a bad day, it's because I've chosen to have a bad day. Seriously, I, well, you don't understand. Well, I don't have to understand what you're, what you're going through. If you're saying I'm having a bad day, you have made a choice. Because you have another choice. And your other choice is to rejoice in spite of what you're having. Because there are things that people are convinced of. They're convinced that their life is a wreck. They're convinced that their life is miserable. They're convinced that there's lack in their life. But, you know, that's not true if you look at what the Word says. It might be a fact of the moment, but those facts are subject to change when the Word is applied to those facts. Hallelujah. You know, when you say something about about being joyful to some people, they're they're just going to get mad at you. Because what they really want to do is they really want to just tell you all the trouble, all the desperation they're in, all the circumstances that have come against them, all the things that are bad, all the things that, that they don't like about something, all the things that somebody's done to them. And you say, yeah, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. They'll get downright upset with you. Because that's not what they wanted to hear. They wanted to revel in what was going on. You know, there are some people who thrive in crisis. They don't don't think life is exciting unless there's some kind of crisis going on. I've got some family that's kind of like that. You know, I I don't know what they would do if, if any one week of their life was normal. I, I don't know if they could handle it. Because, because it goes from crisis to crisis to crisis to crisis. And that's all they ever have to talk about. You know, and, and this, this particular family, you know, member of mine, you know, has no friends. Absolutely none. And, and, I, and I, somebody told me that not long ago. And I said, well, nobody wants to hear that all the time. Nobody wants to get in a conversation and be, and be chained into this 50-minute tirade of what's wrong with everybody else and what's, what somebody else has done and somebody's not doing and how their life is so bad and so miserable. I said, they avoid that person. I would. And yet there are people who think they can't, they can't, they can't imagine life happy happy you know and it's going to take a lot to get that person to change does anybody know anybody like that besides me you know and there's just like that but listen it's not true if you're born again none of that is true none of that is true philippians 4 4 says rejoice in the lord when always Always. And it goes on to say, and again I say rejoice. One translation says, be glad in the Lord at all times. And again I say, be glad. Well, is that possible? Yes, it is possible. In spite of anything you might come up against, it is possible to be glad all the time. It is possible to rejoice in every circumstance all the time, no matter what. First Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice evermore. 
Another translation says, have joy at all times. The message translation says, be cheerful no matter what. The 20th century translation says, always be joyful. Listen, what is joyful? Full of joy. Not half measures. See, that's what the problem is. Some people say, well, I, I, I tried praising God. I tried thanking God. It, it didn't work too well for me. Well, it says be joyful. Not just be a little, you know, let, let me try this out and see if this will work. No, it says be joyful. Listen, the more the enemy presses you, the more you're going to have to fill up the joy tank. The more he tries to put on you, the bigger your joy level better be getting. You can always tell when somebody's joy level is down. They're, they're antsy. They're crabby. They're hard to get along with. They're angry. Um, they're despondent. They have nothing good to say. It's really not hard to tell when my joy gauge is at a low. Because what comes out of my mouth does not match what the word says. And I'm not by myself. When my face doesn't look joyful, my joy level is low. When the things that come out of my mouth don't sound like the word, my joy level is low. When my actions don't reflect what the word says about me and who I am, my joy level is not full. That's just all there is to it. The person who's, who's joyful is the person that you can't, just by looking at them, hearing them, watching their actions, you would never know there was anything going on in their life at all. Isn't it nice there we, that we all know some people who, you know, at some point we have looked at them and just marveled, you know, at how joyful they were because you knew some circumstances that they were facing in their lives, and yet you just look at them and say, That's amazing. You know, God is so good. They've really got an understanding that God's grace is sufficient. They've really got an understanding that God's given them the victory. They've got an understanding that that he puts them over no matter what. And they're walking through this thing. And you look at them and go, "Mm -mm -mm, that's exactly the way it ought to be. And sometimes some of you have blessed me so much because I see you and I see what you do. I see what you sound like. I see what you, you look like. And I know what some of the things that are happening. I'm just going, that is the fruit of the word at work in their lives. That is, that is demonstrating the word of God the way it's supposed to be. And it blesses me. It encourages me. It keeps me, you know, focused sometimes on the fact that, you know, there are times when I'm tempted to just get just under pressure about some That's why I'm, I'm telling you, I, you know, I, I figured I'd just preach this to myself and y'all could just listen because, you know, I, I tend to get like that when a lot of things are going on. I will let the pressure get to me of all these things, all these responsibilities, all this, all this stuff that's got to get done. There's a time deadline on it, and I've got to meet this, and I've got to do it, and I've hmm. You know, and it just seems overwhelming. You know, I can, get, I can get to the feeling like I'm overwhelmed just like everybody else. And yet I know here's my answer. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, listen, Paul was acquainted with hard times. If you don't believe it, you go back and read about all the things he listed. You know, he'd been shipwrecked. He'd been stoned. He'd been this. He'd been that. He'd been that. And yet he, he goes on and he says, but I've learned to be content. Whatever circumstance I find myself, I've learned to be content. The contented person is the joyful person. 
You can't be content and not be joyful. The, the, two, the two will go together. And, and yet he says, I've learned, I've learned to be content. All the situations I've found myself in, I have learned to be content. What other people see as lack, what other people see as danger, what other people see as persecution, what other people see as, as, as um, people hurting me, you know, whatever it is, I have learned to be content. Because he always found a way to rejoice in the, in the whole situation. And that was the key that, he, that kept him going all the time, was that he had learned to be content. James 1 says, count it all joy. Again, it's a choice. Who's to count it joy? We are. Count it all joy. It really doesn't really give you much of an option, though, does it? The devil gives you an option. Well, you know, it's, you know if, if you don't do it, it's, you know, it's not that big a deal. You don't, you, don't, you don't have to do it. But, you know, that should our response to that kind of nonsense is, no, the Word says to count it all joy. The Word says to rejoice always. The Word tells me that I can be glad. I can be glad because this is the day that the Lord has made. You need to rehearse those things to yourself over and over and over and over again. Because I tell you what, the more you do it, the more room it'll take up on the inside of you. And all the stuff that's in there that shouldn't be in there is going to get just flushed out. It's got to come out. You know, you can't, you can't leave. That stuff won't stay in there when you fill up the joy tank all the stuff that's on the top that's trying to keep you down will have to just go right out. Hallelujah. Listen, if God didn't think we were capable of rejoicing all the time, he would not have told us to do it. He's got faith enough in you that you can do it, that you have the ability to do it. That's why he said, count it all joy. He never requires something of us that we're not capable of doing that we don't have the ability to do. Anything that comes your way looks like it's, it's just overwhelming. It's too much. You, know, you can't do it. I can't handle it. I cannot do this. God's already decided that you can. He's already said you're well equipped, that you've got whatever you need to accomplish whatever needs to be accomplished, and he's there to help you. See, you don't have to do it by yourself. He's always there. You've got to start the ball rolling. By getting your joy level back up. See, that's our part. And then we get to that place. It's amazing how God comes in to a situation at that point and just comes in like a flood. I mean, it just is like, oh, why did I make this so hard? It's now looks so easy. Why? The trigger was the joy. That was the joy that brought that into, into being, brought it and put it in, into place. It's not about our, our feelings. It's not about our circumstances. You know, for the person who's led by feelings, that is a very carnal Christian. Carnal means just flesh ruled. The person who's always concerned about their feelings is the person who's, who's gauging everything according to their flesh without thought to what the Word has got to say about it. Babies are... Big examples of flesh-ruled people. They don't care what you've got going on in your life. They don't care what you've got to do. I'm hungry, feed me. I'm wet, change me. I want some attention, pick me up. They're totally flesh-ruled. And see, as, as believers, we need to get beyond that stage. There's too many people who are, who, who've sat in the spiritual nursery for way too long. 
and they need to get up and get out. You know, teenagers are so, you know, and we, we, we excuse it sometimes on the basis of, well, it's just hormones. You know how teenagers are. Well, no, I don't see anywhere in the word that God gave a pass to teenagers. Is anybody can find that? Can anybody tell me where that might be? If that's the case, you know, you let me know. But I don't think he gave any of us a pass on, on letting our feelings and our emotions and our hormones rule us. Ladies, we got no excuse. Sorry. Hate to tell you that. You have the option to let your flesh rule you, or you have the option to rule your flesh. That's true of everybody. I don't care what age, I don't care what gender you are. You have that option. And it's up to you to exercise the option. It's not up to anybody else to do it. You know, I remember, you know, the psychologists and stuff over the years, you know, about talking about people have to, they have to get in touch with their feelings. No, you don't. You have to take your feelings and tell them what they're going to do. You have to take your feelings and say, no, 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 no. You're not taking charge here. You know, this is, this is not your ball game. This is mine, and this is what we're going to do. And sometimes, you know, we can do that for other people. We'll, we'll instruct them. But when we come to the person in the mirror, um, well, you know, it's just, it's just one of those days, you know. I, I, you know no, I, no you, need to be, you need to be tough on the guy in the mirror and say, Mm-mm, no, you're not doing this. As quick as we are to tell somebody else what they need to do, you need to be that quick to tell yourself what you need to do. Listen, my believing and my expectation is based on the word, not what I feel, and it's confirmed in my spirit. In the middle of a bad, bad situation, there is something I can rejoice about. There's something. You have to, sometimes you have to look. Sometimes it's real easy to find something else to rejoice about, and sometimes it's hard to look past where I'm at right this minute and find something to rejoice about. You know, you could could rejoice about what the Word says about the situation you're in, or you could just rejoice in the fact that I am the redeemed of the Lord. I am born again. I'm on my way to heaven. Bless God. The Father loves me. I love him. Jesus is my big brother. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. You can be general, you can be specific, but rejoice. Find something to rejoice about. Go with me to Matthew 10. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's see. You know, I think this might not be where I want to go. You write it out on paper, and then you, you transfer it to type and get into the computer, and you miss something. Hallelujah. Oh, let me see if I can locate this. Ah, there we go. Uh, chapter 5, verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Listen, you find yourself persecuted lately? 
found yourself reviled lately? Has somebody been mean to you? Somebody talked bad about you? It says, blessed are you. Well, there's something to rejoice about. I'm blessed. They, they're persecuting me, but I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Well, why are they persecuting you? Because you've got to stand for the Lord? Because you've got some kind of, you've got some righteousness showing on you that you're doing the right thing and they don't like you for doing the right thing? You know, there are some people that just because you are being who you are, a child of God, they're upset about that. Why? Because it makes them feel bad that they're not doing a better job. So what do they do? They take it out on you. You, you want to take a look at that and go, I am so blessed. My testimony, the light of life that's on the inside of me is shining so bright that they want to persecute me. They want to talk about me. They want to give me a hard time. They want to say mean things to me. Oh, I am so blessed. I'm so blessed. Thank you, Lord, that people can see that you live on the inside of me and they don't like it and they want to do that. Oh, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. You think that's silly? It's really not. It's a perspective change is what it is. You can get hurt. You can get offended with people. You can chew on it until there's nothing left on you on the inside of you but bitterness. Or you can choose to think differently. You can choose to speak differently. You can choose to act differently. If you go on down here in verse 12, it says, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Man, that's something to rejoice about. Great is my reward in heaven. This place is a temporary place that I live. It's only, these people are only temporary people I have to deal with. Great is my reward in heaven. And look at the company I'm keeping. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. I am in good, good company here. They persecuted them. They're persecuting me. Hey, we're in the same basket. Yay. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. You need to just change your focus. Circumstances. Oh, my certain things are going well, so I'm smiling today. Oh, things are not going so good. I don't have a smile on my face. You know, that's, that's whether you've got a smile on your face or not, whether the circumstances are good or not, shouldn't determine your joy level. It shouldn't determine whether you're going to rejoice or not. Jesus didn't live that way. You don't have to live that way. He chose not to. You can choose not to. If something's not working out one way, I can rejoice because I know God's got another way. There's more than one way. You know, this, this looked like it was going to work out great. It didn't work so great. That's fine. God's got another path for this. We can get the same thing accomplished going down another route. I thank you, Lord. You know what it is, and you're going to tell me what it is, and I don't have to even be concerned about it. You know, this is what Lisa brought up that when we had our cabin for sale. You know, she was right. You know, we, we had that thing for sale. We needed to sell it. We had needed to sell it for, for several months. We just kept confessing the word over that cabin that it sold. It, sold. it was just, you know, let's, let's cut the money drain off here. It's just, it was costing us way too much. And we got a sale on the, on, on the thing. We were going to take a little less than what we really would have liked for it. But, hey, we were going to get it sold. We'd gone through the whole process of all the contract negotiating. We'd gone, done the inspections. We had taken care of everything that they wanted done on that inspection list. We'd done it. And one week, one week before closing, they called the real estate agent up and said, uh, we're not going to be able to do this. You know, our first reaction was we were tempted to get really, really, really angry 
because we had, it was a rental property. It was a vacation rental property. We had taken it off the, off the, the schedule to be rented while we had done repairs, while they were doing inspections, all this kind of stuff. It had cost us a lot more money than just doing the things that need to be done to the you know, property for the, for the sake of the sale. It had cost us days of rentals, that, income that we could have had. And so it was, t- because they had an out. They were on their, their last day of being able to back out and not, and not forfeit their deposit. Whoa! I tell you what, but right there, right then, we had a choice. We, we had a choice. Right, right, right then, I remember when it, when it happened. Right then, we had a choice. And we looked at each other and went, okay, fine. God's got another buyer. Thank you, Jesus. The buyer is on its way. And, you know, it wasn't too long, just, I don't know, just a matter of just a few short weeks, maybe three, four weeks, and we had another buyer. That, and this time, we didn't let go of our faith. And we kept thanking God that it was sold. Not because somebody had signed a, you know, a, a prospective contract on this thing, but because we knew it was sold. And we kept on thanking God until the day that all the signatures were on the documents and we walked out of the lawyer's office. And I went, whew, Okay. See, you don't ever give up. One way didn't work out. We find another way. But in the middle of it, when it doesn't work, don't stop and get mad about it. Don't stop and get depressed about it. Don't stop and go, what are we going to do about it? You immediately say, that's okay. Got another way. There's another way to get this thing sold. There's another way to get this thing done. There's another way. God's going to work this out. I don't care what it is. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have to worry about it. It's as sold today as it was yesterday. To a different buyer, but that's all right. You know, so you just have to look at it that way. Listen, rejoicing isn't always noisy. We think about rejoicing. We think, you know, you're like, yeah, praise you, Jesus. Sometimes just rejoicing is just quietly in the middle of the night. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's done. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have to worry about it. You know, I can rejoice quietly or I can rejoice at a moderate level or I can really let her rip. Just depends, just depends on the circumstance and the situation and where you might find yourself, you know, and what you're, what you're led to do. Sometimes you have to outshout the devil. You might need to find a, a little more of a solitary place before you do that where nobody can hear you. They might think you're crazy, you know, but, but you know what? You can you go to the bathroom at work if you need to. And in the, in the bathroom stall, you can just rejoice. You can lift your hands. Thank you. Jesus, I just thank you, Lord. I am full of joy. I'm full of joy. And just begin to rehearse the victory that belongs to you until that joy level gets, I mean, up here, up here, up here, until you're just swimming in it. Amen. If the enemy can steal your joy, he knows he's stolen your strength, so now you're going to be easy to defeat. If the enemy can steal your peace, he knows you're now easy to confuse and to mislead. You can't let him have either one. You know, if you let him steal your joy, then you made a choice to let him steal your joy. You can prevent it if you want. It's up to you. Make up your mind that nothing is going to take your joy. Nothing is going to take your peace. You do that by choosing what you're going to think about and what you're going to talk about. If you find yourself saying something that's not profitable, 
cut it off. If you find somebody else talking to you and it's not profitable, cut it off. Get out of that conversation. Get out of that environment. Move. Go before it has an effect on you. Don't be guilty of looping. Do you know what I mean by looping? Rehearsing to yourself or to somebody else. Just going around that same thing over and over, just rehearsing, rehashing it, constantly talking about it, constantly going over how bad it is, how horrible this is, what am I going to do? Oh, no, no. You know, just, just this con- Don't be looping. Mm-mm. When you do that, you're giving that thing, whatever it is, the ability to establish a foothold in your life. You can't afford to do that. Is there, is there defeat? Is there fear? Is there anxiety? Is there anger? Is there offense? And what I'm saying, you better cut it off. Because if you don't, you're going to be joyless real soon. And it's going to be harder for you to get back on a, on a path where you're on the joy track again. And joy is, is your gauge. Your joy level is your gauge of how well you're doing in any area, no matter what you're believing God for. Your joy level will tell you how good your faith is established. It will tell you what you need to do if you need to do more. If, it's, if, it's, if your joy level is way down here, you better get to work. Your faith can't work in that environment. Because, you know, we make our requests, be, we make our requests made known to God with thanksgiving. You know, it's the, the two things go hand in hand. If I'm truly believing God and my faith is in what God has told me is mine, what belongs to me, then I'm going to be joyful about it. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be, I'm going to be resting assured of the fact that it's a done deal. When my faith is not where it needs to be, ah, that, that, that assurance is just kind of... Uh, it's just, it's not there. You can tell when you're in faith. You can tell. You know, just like us in that cabin. Okay, okay, don't get mad. Don't get angry. Don't get upset about it. Don't get anxiety about it. Let's just rejoice. Let's just thank God it's done. It's done. We have a buyer. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes. And it was easy. That second buyer came along so fast, it wasn't even funny. And it, was, and, it just, and it just went like this. I mean, it was just like clockwork. Everything that we had to do on that second sale was just, was, I mean, it was easy. Why? Because we made a decision at that certain point of time that we were going to rejoice and not get into, into care about the whole thing. Hallelujah. Go with me to Philippians 1. Let's look at Paul. Hallelujah. Philippians 1, verse 14. Paul's in jail. He said, And many of the brethren of the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, some even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, 
supposing to add affliction to my minds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in, in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and I will rejoice. He found something to rejoice about in the midst of all. No matter if the people were out there preaching with the wrong attitude, the, the gospel was going forth, and somebody was believing it. And people were actually getting born again. You know, sometimes I have looked around at some, at some ministers, and, and you knew there was, something, there was something wrong with this person. I mean, there was, the, there was a motive in their life. There was, there was a lifestyle. Something, something's not right. And yet people were getting blessed. Listen, it didn't have anything to do with the minister as much as it had to do with those people had faith in the word that was going forth. And Paul had the same thing going on. He rejoiced greatly that the word, the word was being preached. And there were results happening as, as a result of the, that word being preached. He found a time to rejoice. Instead of being upset that some people were preaching with the wrong motives and wrong attitudes, he rejoiced in the fact that, the, that people were still getting blessed. People were still getting set free. People were still getting saved. It wasn't, it wasn't the result of that person's lifestyle. It was a result of the word that was going forth. Hallelujah. Um, Ooh, let's just kind of go down here. You can get upset by choice or you can rejoice by choice. Which one? Which one? Upset, rejoice. I think it's easier to do the rejoicing unless you just want to stay in a mess. Unless you just want to, to have somebody come along and pat you on the back and say, Oh, you poor thing. I'm so sorry you're going through this. I'm so sorry this is happening to you. Listen, I, when I had cancer, I didn't need anybody to pat me on the back and say, oh, you poor thing. I didn't want them to pat me on the back and say, you're a poor thing. Because I wasn't a poor thing. I was healed. You let, you let people do that to you long enough, and you will lose your hold on your healing if that's what you're believing God for. If you let somebody come along and, and tell you how bad your financial situation is and you give ear to that, you're going to lose your hold on the provision that God's got for you, the plan of God that's got, that he's got for you. You know, whatever it is you're believing God for, don't let somebody else come along and fill your ears with things that are negative, things that are in opposition and contrary to the word of God, because if you do, you will lose your grip on it. And you can tell because when the joy level starts going down, you know, you just let the enemy come in and begin to take territory in your life. 2 Corinthians 4, let's go over there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Go to verse 16. It says, For this cause, for which cause we faint not, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Listen, the man who had been beaten, who had been robbed, who had been shipwrecked, who had been bitten by a snake, all those things that he endured, he called them a light affliction. He says, it works in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 
no matter what I go through down in this life, there's something I'm looking at. I'm looking at something that's far beyond what I see here. He goes on in verse 18. He says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know, we got to kind of keep our eyes focused on what the eternal rewards are. And not what this, this life is so temporary. The things that come in, they, they, just, things come through our lives, circumstances come through our lives, you know, they just come and they go. They're temporary. But I tell you what, the, the progress we make in the spiritual realm works a far more eternal weight of glory in our lives. And we need to find a place where we can, we can rejoice in those things. Father, I just thank you that all these things are coming against me, but it's just going to serve to make me stronger. It's going to serve to make my faith grow bigger. It's going to serve, it's going to, serve to make me love you more. It's going to serve to make me trust you more. It's going to be, serve to make me rejoice in you more. That's the eternal weight of glory right there. You can't let any circumstance paralyze you. If the enemy can paralyze you with something, he's got you. He's got you. The one thing he doesn't want you to do, he doesn't want you to speak the word. He doesn't want you to read the word. He doesn't want you to do anything. He wants you to look just at him. But you know what? Have you ever had somebody just stand right in front of you, right here? They're, they're right here in your face talking to you, and you're just looking beyond them to something else, and you don't have a clue what they're saying. You, could, you couldn't tell what they said to you. If you tried. See, that's the way we need to get with, with a lot of things that come into our lives. This, they may be right here in our face, yakking, 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 yakking. Yak. But you know what? We can look beyond it to something else. <laughs> There's victory right there. I see victory in my life. I see what God has done for me. I see what he's provided for me. I see who I am. I see what I can do. I can see victory. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I can see all that. You know, and this doesn't faze me one bit. I don't even know what he's saying. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Talk all you want. I'm not listening. We learned to do that as kids when your mama was talking to you. You just ignored her. (laughs) Listen, you have the capacity to ignore. You have the capacity to just just not let that phase you. Let it go in one ear and out the other. Yeah, it doesn't mean a thing. You already have that ability. You've exercised it in your growth over the years, just naturally speaking. You can do that spiritually speaking. You can just ignore it. I don't hear it. Nope, not giving heed to it, not paying any attention to it. I'm just going on. I'm going to rejoice. I made up my mind. I'm going to rejoice. I am full of joy. I choose to be full of joy. When I'm not full, I know how to get full. And I'm going to exercise that. I'm going to do what it takes to keep my joy level. And so many times I've told people that when they're experiencing some rough times, I said, listen, keep you joyful. Keep, keep joy level up. That's what you're going to have to do. If that means praying in tongues, pray in tongues. If that means singing a song, sing a song. If that means getting in the word and reading it out loud, that's what you do. If that means just getting out and shouting at the devil, that's what you got to do. Whatever it takes, get your joy level back up. Whatever you, you know, there are times when, when God will just quicken your heart to do a particular thing, you know, in this area. Just follow it. If your gut tells you to do it, do it. 
must be God. So listen, you can overcome. Don't let the pressure, the mental pressure, the anxiety, the cares of this life, the circumstances of life. You know, if somebody were to come to you and say, you've got a terminal illness, what would you, what would you do? What would you do? You think, oh, oh I, I could handle it. Could you? Think about it. What would I do? Make up your mind now that no matter what news you hear in the days ahead, I already know it. I already know what I'm going to do. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to give God the glory. I'm going to thank him and praise him. Listen, when they told me I had cancer that had already spread, I looked at that doctor, and, and he, after he told me I had to do six months of chemo, and I looked at him and said, I don't have time for this. Listen, you don't have time for that nonsense. You may have to do some things physically, but it's not going to take me over mentally or spiritually. It's not going to put a cloud over me. Listen, you need to determine those things up front. Don't wait till you're hit upside the head with some circumstance. You decide now, this is what I'm going to do. Whenever I'm confronted with something, I am going to rejoice. I'm going to find something to rejoice about. And I'm going to rejoice and rejoice and rejoice and rejoice and rejoice and rejoice and rejoice some more. Because that's what the word says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. Are you ready to rejoice tonight? You're going to go out and rejoice tomorrow? I'm here to tell you, when you hear something like this, he'll give you an opportunity maybe before you get home. The enemy comes immediately to steal the word. You be ready for him. No matter what he tries tonight, tomorrow, next week, whenever, you be ready. Full of joy. That's what you are. Full of joy. I'm full of joy and I've got the victory. Isn't that a song that we sing? I'm full of joy and I've got the victory. Hallelujah. You know, we sang, used to sing a song with the kids, uh, Shake Off. What, how's that? Praise the, the Lord. Praise. Do you still sing it? Shake off those heavy bands, lift up those holy hands, let all God's people praise the Lord. Listen, some things you just, you know, if you, if you physically need to do that, shake it off. Whatever it takes, shake it off. Lift up those hands. Don't be silent. Give the devil a good earful of what's good for you and bad for him. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.